Each year, the high school seniors write an essay that will glorify my Jesus in my approach to sexuality. I'll share some excerpts from this year's class. One interesting point is one of the seniors actually quoted from memory the excerpts that he heard his freshman year. So, from their hearts to yours. Our sexuality is much like the cashew nut we often find in grocery stores. It's delicious to eat, but without proper preparation, it's covered with poisonous oils. Similarly, many people have sex outside of marriage because it feels good, not knowing that it's poisonous to their spiritual health. We're told in 1 Thessalonians 4, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. God, our creator, sanctifier, and savior, wills us to abstain from sexual immorality. We shouldn't try to come up with any excuse to have sex before marriage because simply there is no good excuse. It's a sin, plain and simple. It can't be excused as an uncontrollable urge or a part of life. God's will is for us to wait until we're married because sex is a gift from God specifically for married people. Hebrews 13. Marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Satan, however, will do whatever he can to tempt us and cause us to fall. He'll whisper thoughts in our heads like, sex is natural. We have to do it. We're engaged anyway. We have boundaries. We won't go past them, so it'll be fine. Or if we practice safe sex, it'll be okay. And our sinful flesh knocks us unconscious to God's law, so we sleepwalk through situations while our sinful man is awake wreaking havoc. Other things also knock out God's new life within us. Alcohol and drugs turn off receptors in the brain. The prefrontal cortex is affected when alcohol is consumed, leading to inhibitions being lowered, allowing sinful desires to rear their ugly heads and take control. We ought to pray for God's strength and guidance to avoid all these sucker punches and glorify our Savior Jesus. Matthew 5 reveals the impact of our thoughts. But I tell you that whoever looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Suppose a girl gets up in the morning and says to herself, I want to look good today. She may be thinking of appearing respectable or maybe of accentuating her assets. Say the girl puts on leggings that she knows hug her body everywhere. Pair that with a deep-cut shirt and a high-cut skirt, even though she maybe didn't intend it, and maybe the boys weren't looking for it. But I've been told in discussions with peers that 
Guys' eyes are often drawn by such apparel to those assets and sinful thoughts. 1 Corinthians 6, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. How far is too far to go with a boyfriend or girlfriend? Being physical is kind of like when you take a shower. When you first get a taste of the warm water, it feels good. Just like it feels good when you first hold hands with someone. But after a while, you get used to the warm water and want it to be hotter. Same thing goes with physical things. When I first started dating, my mom told me to be very cautious with my actions. Hugs, hand-holding, and kissing are often innocent, but they can become more than that. I think it's really important to remember that you don't want to cross lines because you can't uncross them. Dating is not competing or comparing yourself to others. It's a period of time to get, your know, get to know yourself better and to get to know someone else on a higher emotional level. So many people approach sexuality as something that makes you better than others or something to merely make you feel good. God gave us this as a gift of love for each other and we should not misuse that gift. The best thing to do is to pray to God for help. Remember that if someone truly loves you, they will want what's best for you and won't push you to go where you shouldn't. 1 Corinthians 10, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We should avoid temptation to sin. Show through our actions that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and let the one who created us be the one who also defines us. Marriage is whatever man wants it to be, or so the world seems to think. As a result, marriage is quite possibly the most convoluted and twisted subject in society today. But it's God that instituted marriage, Genesis 2. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God outlined clearly that one man and one woman should become one flesh. Anything else is sin. One flesh means that they should not be separated ever by anyone. Imagine being handed a cord that is three ropes wrapped around each other and being asked to tear it in two with just your hands. But your arms don't have the strength. Ecclesiastes 4 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A marriage is to involve three people. The man, the woman, and the triune God. 
Satan can easily break that cord of three because when, <clears throat> excuse me, Satan cannot easily break that cord of three because when God is part of the equation, Satan is powerless. A marriage where both husband and wife are seeking to glorify the Lord in all they do will have that invincible hand of the Lord holding them with his blessing. When you agree to marry someone, you're agreeing to be with them through the highs and lows, sickness and health, poverty and wealth. So we should pray to the Lord to guide us to a person he intends for us to spend the rest of our lives with. At times we may think there isn't hope for us because we are just too sinful. Yet, how can we think that the same God who sent his son to die for us wouldn't be able to forgive us. 1 John 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. No sin is too great for our God. No problem is too big for our God to handle. Cast all your care upon Jesus, your Savior, because he cares for you. How reassuring it is for us to know this. So I will try to avoid the poisons of the world's view of sexuality and live to thank Jesus for dying on the cross for all my sins. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Hymn 398, 398, stanzas two and three.